Welcome to the Not Old Better Show Fitness Friday interview series on radio and podcast. I'm Paul Vogelzang. And today's show is part two of our Pickleball series. We have an excellent New Year program for all of us that are making fitness resolutions and, you know, having some plain old fun. Thank you so much for listening today. As I say, we have got a great guest who I've spoken with a couple of times already. I'm excited to introduce her to you, which I will do in just a moment. But quickly, if you missed any episodes, last week was our 685th episode when I spoke to Smithsonian Associate Marion Turner about her new book, The Wife of Bath, a biography. Two weeks ago, I spoke with Smithsonian Associate Katie Hickman about her new book, Bravehearted, The Women of the American West. Wonderful subjects for our Not Old Better Show audience. If you missed those shows, along with any others, you can go back and check them out with my entire catalog, all free there on our website, notold-better.com. If you leave a review, we'll read it at the end of each show. So please leave reviews on Apple Podcasts for us. Thank you so much. We have talked about Pickleball, and just recently we talked to Monard, author of the new book, Pickleball for Dummies. But today, I think we've got a great show that dives even deeper into the sport of Pickleball. I've mentioned to you that I've started to play. I know I've grown more and more interested in this subject along with the world. Pickleball, again, is the fastest growing U.S. sport played by all ages, but more and more of us in the Not Old Better Show audience. Certainly, we are playing a lot. The game, with the funny name, was created in the 1960s and is, as I mentioned previously, today the fastest growing sport in America. I also mentioned recently that we have this wonderful two-part show. Today is part two of that series when we will take you through the hows of the game. In today's episode, we will talk to pro player and official pickleball ambassador, Nikki Weigel. The pickleball community will know Nikki Weigel well, and so very soon will you, our audience here on the Not Old Better Show. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show Fitness Friday interview series for New Year's, Nikki Weigel. Nikki Weigel, welcome to the program. Thank you, Paul. Happy holidays to you and yours. It's cold outside here, so uh, we are going to be playing pickleball inside today. How's the weather there where yeah. you are? Same same here, Paul. We will find a way to play it, and right now it's indoors <laughs> because of our Kansas yes. temperatures. So. Yep. Yeah, just the same way here. Well, good. It's great to talk to you today about pickleball. Of course, our audience is going to be familiar with this subject, but I think it's it's really great to get an expert's opinion, someone who's played, who's organized, who's um, actively uh, engaged really with this this new sport. And so let, let's start really kind of at the start. How did you start? And yeah. How much yeah. time do you spend? Because you're an ambassador for the sport. <laughs> I'm an ambassador. I am a pickleball ambassador for, for our region. Um, and it's thank you for calling me an expert. Wow. Um, I have embraced this sport. I love this sport. I first tried this with my college daughter about a year and a half ago, I'd say. So I haven't been at it for very long. Um, but I'm athletic. Um, I was a dancer growing up. I danced actually for the University of Kansas where I went to school and I did competitive aerobics nationally. So I'm familiar with competition, uh, loved ping pong 
Interestingly enough, my dad was a tennis player, competitive tennis player, as well as my son who played college tennis. So I played a little tennis, but not not too much competitively. So I think that um, people with that type of background gravitate toward this sport. I certainly have taken um, just a hold of it and just absolutely love it, love it with a passion. So I uh, tried it with my daughter. We got on some courts here outdoors and we, I became addicted, um, literally addicted. So I probably put in, oh, I, I'd say I can go to the courts and play for three to four hours and, and it feels like nothing. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I, I know it's a lot. I've, we've started to play my wife and I, my wife is a tennis player like you. My wife's a dancer like you. So that athletic part of you and 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 she and and I would like to say me I think I think you know it it does take a little bit of athletic prowess but you can I think mm-hmm. anybody can start it always takes courage though I think to try something new yeah. and so maybe maybe yeah. give us some advice about what what it meant to you to kind of move from tennis Absolutely. and maybe other other paddle ball sports ping pong etc to pickleball because I think there's there's some some joy in activity, absolutely. But in order to be proficient, you got to have a little bit right, of courage. Right. And, and uh, yeah, joy is the first word that comes to mind when I think about pickleball because it is an absolute joy yeah. to be on yeah. the court with people that are just absolutely having a great time laughing and um, your cares just kind of slip away. And we need that in the world we live in today. <laughs> Um, you know, Mm -hmm. I, for Mm -hmm. one, when I went to play competitively or went to the rec uh, play after I tried it with my daughter, I was like a little girl, you know, going out to recess and, and with a new group of kids, you know, and literally walking up and introducing Mm -hmm. myself and asking if I could join them. And, uh, gratefully (laughs) they, they were so great. They, they included me (laughs) (laughs) and I began an afternoon group. Uh Um, they were all a little bit older than myself. I'm I'm 56, but um, but still, I mean, talk about competitive. I just think that that's the joy of it. You can be a youngster and play, but you know, people are playing obviously up until their 90s. I've got a you know 78 year old friend that can really kick my butt. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, seriously, <laughs> she's so good at it. So I think that um, what I've started doing here in Lawrence is. Um, and, and we've continued to do is have beginning lessons. You know, we um, try to be very welcoming to anybody that wants to try the sport. Uh, all it takes is a paddle and a little plastic ball. And uh, it's opened mm-hmm. up so many. I can see so many people having so many benefits from it, just from physical to mental to the connections, you know. So I think, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just going to jump in, and I, I, I think it's really important to point out here that that there's some ex, there's an exercise component to this. It's not just kind of slapping right. the ball around. There is a great deal of socialization that's really right. important to my to my audience. Those of us who are over age sixty, sixty five. But let's talk about the physical component of it. You burning some calories out there playing pickleball. I know we're running around yes. a little bit, especially especially with singles, yes, but doubles absolutely. too. Absolutely, I. I looked that up, and from my uh, sources, you can burn up to 238 calories an hour playing, uh, and that's doubles. 
Uh, I have friends who I play with regularly, uh, one who's lost considerable amount of weight throughout the year, uh, playing just pickleball, you know, nothing else, just adding pickleball to his mm-hmm. life. Uh, so it's a definite um, health benefit. And, um, you know, obviously there's, there's rec play and then there's competitive play. And I like to think that, you know, we really promote both. So those that just want to come and get good exercise, they're not too worried about being too competitive. Although I have to laugh about that because I think to myself, if they're on the court (laughs) playing and, and really keeping track of the score, then they're somewhat competitive. So, uh, you know, (laughs) but anyway, yeah, you know, and I'm trying to encourage more people to stretch and warm up beforehand as well, because there are injuries in pickleball. Um, and I don't know if you've experienced seeing that where you are, but, but we certainly have. And, you know, we try to give the reminders of no backpedaling when you're playing, you know, meaning running backwards, um, because inevitably you can catch yourself falling and land on a wrist, you know. So uh, warming up those calf mm-hmm. muscles before you play, definitely um, I've seen people pull their calf muscle just right off the bat, you know, coming in cold and not warming up. So I'm a big advocate of that anyway, because I have a fitness background, but um, I certainly try to encourage mm-hmm. it whenever I'm on the court with them playing. So that's really helpful. Well, let's jump in and talk a little bit about the game itself. I, I want to talk to you about a couple of the rules, but first let's talk about scoring. Tell us a little bit about the scoring because it is a little different. It's different, of course, than tennis. It's different, of course, than ping pong. It's different than racquetball. It, it has its own kind of flow to it. So what is it that it's makes the better. scoring unique? And maybe give us an example. Yeah. Let's see. Well, you know, you can play singles or you can play doubles. Uh, you can play gender doubles, you know, two women, two men. You can play mixed doubles, a man and a woman. Um, the points for, let's say, doubles, if we're playing doubles, which is is very popular uh, because there's less running on the floor. I wouldn't say that it's, it's less intense, maybe a little bit, but, you know, it can still be pretty intense. But anyway, the points are only scored on the serve. Um, once somebody serves on the one side and it's always on the right, the serve is diagonal, just like in tennis. Um, and if the point is one, then you switch serving sides and you serve again. And we often play up to 11, sometimes 15 in a competitive environment, and you win by two. Um, you just continue serving until the serving team commits a fault and then, uh, the next server serves. And the, the third exception is uh, in the beginning of the game, only one side will serve or only one of your, your two teammates will serve the, the person that's on the right. And if you commit the fault, then the next person that serves is actually the opposing team. And that's called a first serve exception. And it just minimizes the advantage of being the first team to serve. So only the, only the one player on the right serves first. Um, and your score would be called something like, uh, let's say that we're just starting the game. We don't have a score. We say a zero, which is the serving score, zero, which is the receiving score. And then whoever is serving it, which is the first person or the second. So that's a one or two. So we would start the game actually saying zero, zero start in the beginning of the game. But if we've been in the game for a couple of points, we say, uh, let's say zero, eight, server two, that type mm-hmm. of thing. It's 
it's easier to learn when you're actually playing the game. But um, and once people get it, it's it's not very difficult. Mm-hmm. There's another interesting rule too about volleying because we we know the we know about mm-hmm. volleying from tennis. Um, it's not really so much a factor in ping pong, but there's a there's a non volley zone rule in pickleball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that because that makes it a little unique. Yes, and this is this is also called the kitchen, affectionately. It's a seven foot area just behind the net on both sides, and it's a place where the player's feet should be behind the non volley zone on both sides of the court when um, they're volleying, which is no bouncing. So um, it prevents the players from smashing actually the ball within the zone. That's the purpose of it. It gives the the ball, it gives their, you know, their space to bounce before being um, uh, hit. Uh, You you can hit it out of the air anytime, but you can't be in the non-volley zone. I hope that makes sense. It does. It does. And, and, there's a serve exception to that too, right? So once – if I'm serving, mm-hmm. um, I serve it. It has to bounce right. into that service court, which is really very similar to tennis. It it, it bounces first. Right. Then you can hit it. And each at each subsequent point thereafter, you can volley yes. provided that you're behind that volley zone. Yes, and there's actually – so it's two bounces. So the ball is served. Uh, the receiving team must let it bounce before returning and then the serving team must also let it bounce before they return it so there's actually two two bounces yeah there's actually two bounces and then after that both teams can volley or play it off the bounce and really what that does is it it makes the game a lot more i mean i think in tennis we always hear the term poaching and in doubles play one player can just literally stay at the net and just almost you know hit the ball as hard as they can as soon as it crosses the net and it it can go right at one of the opposing players it can really do a lot of different things in pickleball there is more joy you're not poaching and so that's also one of the factors right am i right about that you're not you're not poaching well paul there's poaching over here okay okay there's poaching the word is used every day uh Yes, because on the on if a player is right-handed and they're on the left side of the court, so they've got their forehand going, it it is uh, accepted to allow that player to poach somewhat over that middle line because it's their forehand, um, you know. And so, and then that's another reason why there is stacking, which sometimes people stack serving. You can um, you can especially with a left-handed, you know, um, teammate, which kind of gets a little bit more complicated. But but anyway, <laughs> back to poaching. Yes, and people have different opinions about mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. You know, some people get upset about it. Um, I don't personally get upset about it. I feel like if you can get to the ball faster than I can or, you know, it's your forehand, then go mm-hmm. for it. Now, <laughs> you know, I don't think it's right to take over the entire court. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to try to get the point 
um, you know, I think people are pretty reasonable about that here, but there is certainly poaching. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll friendly, friendly, friendly poaching. poaching. Okay. Well, good. Well, we'll yeah. we'll leave some of that for our our next interview together when we get into some of the advanced play. Oh, sure. <laughs> absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Well, Nikki Weigel, we don't want to scare. No, no. I think we're going to stick to some of the, you know, uh, the more basics today for our for our audience members who are beginners, which I I, I'm very much a beginner, and I I know Nikki that you you're an ambassador. There's very much an official capacity to that responsibility. And pickleball is something that is very organized. It's not really. I mean, I think there are a lot of people who view it as something that's just, you know, um, uh, kind of grassroots. It's it's come up, you know, maybe via, uh, you know, a less, uh, you know, kind of organized manner. But there's a there's an official, a national pickleball association. Right. Tell us a little right. bit about that. Yeah, I mean, it's the USA Pickleball Association, and that that is the um, governing body, you know, of the pickleball rules. Um, and they have an official uh, website. They have this ambassador program. They they have over 2,000 volunteer ambassadors across the United States, and um, I'm one of those. We promote the sport of pickleball. Um, we like we serve as a local representative, like a volunteer representative. Um, we assist with all of the rules and the clinics and the tournaments that, you know, happen around the area. And they provide a lot of nice services. They have a youth program um, service where they, um, and a community grant program where they actually, um, you can actually apply for grants through them. So, um, you know, yes, it's important to be organized. Um, and we here in Lawrence have, which is starting to become a thing, uh, a nonprofit organization called Pickleball Lawrence. And that's what we do. We promote the sport of pickleball. We have a membership fee that just basically pays for balls, but it also entitles those people to get lots of nice resources. Um, we provide opportunities for tournaments, um, but also for new and amateur players. We provide, you know, the beginning classes just for free, complimentary. Um, and then we sponsor and we host events. Um, we've had actually um, some pretty successful tournaments that we've just put on and um, done a lot for charity. We had a St. Jude's um, Children's uh, Cancer, you know, research tournament um, this past summer, and we raised a lot of money doing that. And I'm proud of that. I'm proud that we have mm-hmm. that kind of capability, you know, to reach out like that. But yeah, I think that's wonderful work. Congratulations, of course, on Thanks. that. I know too a little bit about you that. You you have a healthcare background, of course, and and mm-hmm. you also are um, very involved in um, the Americans with Disabilities Act in terms of pickleball and wheelchair pickleball. This is a sport for for all, and I think that's that's an important. Um, I think it's important to point that out. Yeah. Maybe tell us a little bit about the differences because some of the tournaments, some of the play that you're organizing, is for wheelchair players. Yes. Yes. And where I play uh, is wheelchair accessible. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting uh, Ray Petty, who is a player here in Lawrence, Kansas, and he's very involved in the ADA. Uh, And he has played pickleball in his wheelchair for years. And the more I got to know him and play with him on the court, um, 
he uh, got to know me. And so we actually did an interview, which was on one of my pickle, pickleball talk um, shows. And he has just the greatest attitude and he supports, you know, sports within his um, disability community. But pickleball is one of them. And they play on the court just like we do. The wheelchair is just part of their body. You know, they consider the wheelchair a part of their player's body. Um, they do have a, a double bounce uh, rule um, so that, you know, they have that um, advantage of just letting the ball bounce twice. But other than that, they play the, the, the sport the very same way. Um, their wheels on their wheelchair may touch the non-volley zone during during a volley. But other than that, they're playing the game just, just like we are. And, uh, yeah, that's been really fun. Yeah. You know, you're doing some great things. Congratulations on all this. And um, I, we, you and I have met and, and talked previously. We've met ver- through our good friend Sabrina Joe. You're based there in Lawrence, yeah. Kansas. Where, if we want to find pickleball courts near us in the United States, right. where might we do that? Because, of course, it's being played everywhere, but it is organized, and there are places you can actually look to find yeah. uh uh, actually accredited courts, certified courts. Right. There's there's actually a website that people can go to, and it's called Places to Play. Places, and then the number two, and then play. And it's a website, and all you have to do is type in the city or the zip code, and you can find a list of, of that city's uh, facilities, indoors and outdoors. How about tournaments? Are tournaments listed there, too? They they are listed on another site. There's another site I can recommend, um, mm. tournaments.com. Please. Yeah, tournaments.com okay. to, to look for any any tournament that's out there. That's uh, And these are official tournaments, you know. Um, you'll get a, a rating now. They've got a, a universal rating system that's become real popular, too, that we can talk about it more the next time. But, uh, uh, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. there's iPickle Nation that you can look for. Um, online as well. And they have several tournaments that are really fun. And, and what's great is uh, they're really catering to all different levels. Um, I'm, I'm looking at a tournament coming up and uh, they've got just a range of 3.0 to, to 5.0 players, you know, that, that can be, you know, become involved. So it's not just for, you know, the higher end, you know, players that um, are doing the serious posting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, this is you know, pickle, pickleball is for all. It truly, truly is. It is for all. I think that's why it's become America's um, fastest growing sport, mm-hmm. quite honestly. Yeah. Okay. Tell me again. So the place that I can find pickleball courts, what is that website? Because we'll put links up so that our audience can find this. Yeah. I, that one is called Places to Play. Places to Play. Okay. And that's with the, the number two. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. And then there was iPickleNation. And then tournaments.com. Uh-huh. Tournaments.com. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that um, the community building kind of post-COVID, the, um, you know, really almost um, allowing for us to socialize with one another, especially my audience who were, who were so isolated uh, after the age of 65. Mm-hmm. Pickleball just offers this real element of play and joy. And yeah. if – even if yeah. it's not an organized foursome, do you recommend just kind of going out and just showing up at some courts and getting Absolutely. involved with a pickup game? Yeah. 
Absolutely. That's mostly how a lot of players just come in to play, uh, quite honestly, in, in our indoor facility here in Lawrence. They just walk in individually and don't really have anything necessarily um, planned because we, we have a system where, you know, you rotate in um, so that everybody can play. You get a chance to play. Um, and yeah, different levels are playing with different levels and uh, people are very accepting. Um, and, you know, the, the diehards that played through COVID <laughs> are really the interesting people to talk to because, um, and this was prior to me getting involved in pickleball, but the stories that I've heard from these people are just fantastic stories of this really being a survival um, tactic. I mean, it sounds dramatic, but it's true because for these people, it was their chance to, to get out onto a court. They did still distance. But if you think about it, they were on a court hitting a ball. They weren't, you know, near each other. They said they didn't even tap paddles, you know, after a game. Hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And they could still they could still get together um, through it all. And and the even when the indoor facilities were closed um, due to COVID, they still went outside to the outdoor courts, even with the rain, even with the snow, and they would shovel just to play pickleball so if that doesn't tell you how enjoyable the sport is and how much it mm -hmm. meant to you know at least this group of people um mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah and i those are yeah. some of my great friends that have told me these stories and yeah, yeah wonderful stories yeah yeah and i just think it's so it is so important to us especially in this day and age i i also you and i have also talked a little bit previously about you know, you you referred to there are um, there's gender play. You can play, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, uh, on teams with uh, male female. You can play with um, two men, two mm -hmm. women. And then the other thing that I think is really kind of special, especially for those of us who are over the age of sixty, like like me, we can play with uh, youth too, uh, grandchildren perhaps. So there's there's even intergenerational play. That's what we're seeing a lot of, especially during this holiday week. We've seen a lot of grandparents coming in mm -hmm. with grandchildren, which is fantastic to see. Um, and uh, yeah, no, and I was just involved with a. I did a speaking engagement not too long ago at University of Kansas for their. Um, uh, recreational uh, program, but the, the woman involved with that um, has a program called Strong Girls, and they meet once a week, and they have um, incorporated pickleball into their um, their program. And these are middle school girls um, that just they get together and play pickleball. And what a great, you know, social um, connecting type of activity, because it really is an easy to learn game. Um, and the laughter, you know, and the, um, the good feelings that can come out of it are just really positive. So yes, for any age, absolutely any age. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that about it too. So kind of final question, cause I know you're very busy, Nikki Weigel. What's kind of going on this time of year? Do you have uh, tournaments and where can we learn some more information about what, uh, what's going on there in Lawrence? Well, yes, I'm. In fact, I'm doing a tournament this weekend. Uh, okay. We are, yeah, yeah. I have um, the president of our association and myself. We, we decided to we're going to represent Lawrence. We're going to go out to Topeka, Kansas, and play in this tournament. And we just we're doing it for fun. Uh, 
And, uh, um, you know, league play is popular right now. And we want to start doing more of that where people can sign up and play at different levels. Um, and, you know, women's leagues, men's leagues, uh, over 65 leagues, that type of thing. And that is all really already happening um, in Kansas City. It's happening. Uh, we've got some really great organizations that um, that through Chicken and Pickle, which I'm sure you've heard of, or Lifetime Fitness, mm-hmm. um, those types of facilities. Mm-hmm. They are very organized in their play. So for for a fee, um, you can also go play, you know, pri- uh, privately or rec and and not have a charge. But um, for a fee, you can go play chicken and pickle. Maybe sign up for a league through the through the winter time. So um, there's all sorts of opportunities out there. So much great stuff, Nikki Weigel. Thanks for joining us. We de- yeah. we definitely want you to come back. I think it's it's really great to just discover the social side of this game. There's a lot of great exercise that you can have, but the socialization part I just think is so important. And you've done such a nice nice job telling us about it. We'd love to have you back to talk about more of the advanced play and where to. Thank you, Nikki Weigel. Happy New Year to you and yours, and and my best to you. Happy New Year. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. My thanks, of course, to the Smithsonian team for all they do to support the show. My thanks to official Pickleball Ambassador Nikki Weigel for her time today. Remember, you can find last week's Part 1 episode, an interview with Mo Nard about her new book, Pickleball for Dummies, which is available now. You can find all of that information on our website, of course, with all of our previous shows. But I want to thank you, my wonderful Not Old Better show, Fitness Friday interview series audience on radio and podcast, please be well, which I am mentioning in every single show because I want to bring attention to your being well and to the issue of assault rifles, which aren't safe in anyone's hands. But the military and law enforcement need them. Assault rifles are killing our children and grandchildren in the very places they learn, schools. Please, let's work together to eliminate assault rifles and let's do better. Let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show Fitness Friday interview series on radio and podcast. Thanks, everybody, and we will see you next week.